Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 women's fiction writer, foster care advocate, and today novice block scheduler. It's a learning process. Oh, it is. We need to we need to regroup mm-hmm. and talk about mm-hmm. that. Yes, yeah. and yeah. I am Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ advocate. And today I am a holiday denier. Um, As we are recording this, I'm a Thanksgiving denier, not in any philosophical sense, but in the, I am never gonna have my house clean before my brother gets here since. But when this is airing, it'll probably be closer to Christmas and I am sure I'll be denying that as well. So yes, I just, I gotta get my act together. It's a lot to get done. (laughs) But today we are so thrilled to welcome Nicole Wood. She is a mom and dot, 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 CEO and co-founder of Ama La Vida, an innovative coaching firm, which helps people to achieve both deep fulfillment and phenomenal success. Nicole's an alum of UBS's Project Entrepreneur and graduate of 1871's prestigious Wisdom Accelerator for female tech founders. She has BS degrees in finance and supply chain management from Arizona State University and lives in Chicago with her husband, daughter, and three dogs. Welcome, Nicole. So glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we want to dive into everything that Ama LaVita is doing. But before we do that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to where you are now and just your family and who you are? So I am... Nicole Wood. I am the CEO and co-founder of Amla Vida, as you said, but leading up to that, I actually started my career in management consulting at PricewaterhouseCoopers here in Chicago. Thought I would be a lifer there and then quickly learned what getting on a plane twice a week feels like. Um, It's not a long Long-term lifestyle wasn't for me yeah. and great place to start my career, really a good foundation in terms of whipping you into shape as a business professional. But while I was there, I was given a leadership coach because I had been promoted. So my brain was going, what's next? And in the firm, they were helping to develop me. And it was something that I was actually pretty skeptical about. I was not my current ideal client today where I went into (laughs) it like, what is this? This sounds like a made up job. How is this going to help me? But it was so transformative for me that I ended up continuing to work with that coach after leaving PwC and through my career transition into working for a startup. And while I was there, it just stuck in my brain as this is something I wouldn't have sought for myself, but I needed it. And why? Mm -hmm. And what has been missing that I saw so many of my peers seeking or needing as well. And it really was that support structure to find out what you did want to do when you grow up at all those different times in your life, when you ask yourself that question. What a gift. That's amazing that the company supplied that. That is absolutely incredible. And I think there were just a few things about it. You know, I thought it was for either only senior executives or really more in like the life and wellness space. And it wasn't that affordable and approachable for a lot of younger people. And so in starting Amalavita, those were some of the problems that I was hoping to solve. I'm actually not a coach myself. So my journey is definitely more on like the entrepreneurial side of things, like building the business. So I'm really like marketing 
strategy, growing the team, that type of thing versus like day to day in their coaching client. Got so it. obviously like I have to know enough about what we're doing. Business, <laughs> but, um, but look where my expertise lies is more on like being an entrepreneur and growing everything. Oh, love it. Love it. Making it accessible. Too. And I mean, one of the big things we're trying to get out of doing the podcast is just getting rid of some of the stigma associated with the idea of having a coach and that yeah, even the most elite athletes and, you know, business people have coaches. That's how they got to where they are. Everybody needs one. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. It's still something, even with our corporate clients, that that's the first thing we discuss is you're Mm -hmm. not being given this as a punishment, it's an investment. <laughs> and so the sooner you realize they're there to support you, the more successful you'll be in it. Yes. I love that. It's not a punishment. Yes. Well, don't you think if someone back when I was working, someone was like, hey, we got this coach for you. I'd be like, what right. did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Was, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't doing it right. Oh, dear. But yep. yes. Yeah. Oh. I'd but, be thinking they hate me. They hate me. They're trying to exactly. Me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the podcast that is actually uh, releasing tomorrow. Well, it'll be a couple of weeks ago by the time you hear this. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of this inner critic and telling her to be quiet. But is she real loud? She's yeah, she she would be loud in that situation to me. So yeah, it's yeah. nice that it's nice that you eventually just kind of learn to lean into it and and apply it to your life. But part of your story is just so familiar to us and our listeners. You write on your website and talk about how the idea that you were doing all the right things, you got all the right grades, mm-hmm. got the good job and all the promotions, but it just wasn't feeling right. And I'm sure your coach helped guide you through that. But I'm really curious, how did you feel that not feeling right? Did it manifest physically? You know, were you getting headaches? Or was it more just like this general eh, feeling in your life? Yeah, I think it was amplified for me too, in that I worked so hard to get there. So when Mm -hmm. I found that it wasn't for me, I felt like I had wasted something like the time. And I know that's so consistent with a lot of our clients too, where they've Mm -hmm. gone down a certain path or paid a lot of money for a certain education. Um, You know, I, as you mentioned, I went to Arizona State University, amazing school, but not super heavily recruited for consulting. So I was like cold calling people, hitting the Mm -hmm. phones, trying to get this job. So then when I got there and realized this wasn't my long-term place, I think there was certainly a physical manifestation for it, but for me, I'm more disengaged. And I think when it really hit me was I looked around at, well, what's the path here? And I remember vividly seeing a partner come into a project. He had just gotten off a red eye to get there and was just super tired and drained. And then the client's yelling at him and I'm like, wait, this is the successful person here. This is what we're working for. And he's taking a red eye. I am (laughs) like, this is not what I'm working for. So I think for me, it was more checking out. And that when I stop caring, that's when I know that that's not the right path for me. But certainly I've seen, you know, with peers and with clients, it's real. It can matter. I mean, people have kidney stones. People have all kinds of physical manifestations of that burnout and that, disconnect in the the feeling of what they want to be doing versus what they are doing. But for me, it was like a total disengagement and kind of like numbness to it. Mm. And were you working with the coach at that time while you were feeling this or was that before or after? 
That was before. I think I stuck it out a little bit longer. And then that's when shortly thereafter was when I got the the coach and I was like, okay, now how do I make sense of this? And where do I go from here? Because I think then what I started cycling on was, well, this is a great job. I should just be grateful to be here and I should be continuing down this path or today wasn't that bad and it really <laughs> took <laughs> having that external person reflecting that back to me before I was like, you're right, I, I need to make a change. I think that's more common than anyone realizes because I just not even in the podcast, but in my personal life, I've talked to many people who talk about that guilt mm-hmm. of I worked so hard. I spent so much money and we have also talked on the podcast to several lawyers, reformed lawyers who are saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> went to law school and then it wasn't for me. And I don't know if this is not, it's not something we plan to talk about. And this is an example of me working my way to a question that I don't even know what the question is. But <laughs> when someone comes to you with that guilt, yeah. what are the steps to start? I feel like you have to work through that before you can even figure out what's next. Yeah. That's the frustrating part is that you, you do. And we say, stop looking at the job boards. Like most people come to us and they're like, I want to just start applying and doing stuff (laughs) right away. And we're Mm -hmm. like, let's take a step back before we can move forward because you don't want to be in the same position again. Um, That's usually for the Mm -hmm. people who are less so the lawyer situation, but more where they're just unhappy or maybe have had a series of jobs where they found themselves unhappy and then really taking time to get to know themselves and who they are now versus who they maybe were then when they set out on that path to say what's important to me how have my values shifted and then let that direct how you move forward and I think the part that people miss is they get really stuck on the what is the work so like the job title Mm -hmm. Um, even the job Mm -hmm. description and they forget about the, how is the work done and with whom? And that's really what we want to focus on, which is like, what does your day look like? What are the types of people you want to be surrounded by? And how does that need to look before we go into like, okay, it's this job, this job, or this job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the magic word values. And one of our favorite (laughs) questions is to ask um, each of the coaches, because I think that there probably is a core exercise that is probably pretty similar across coaches, but everybody seems to have like a little special take on it or a little different angle. And we just want to give as many of those options to people just because there's probably one that's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that that works for me. So is there a a special process or anything that you walk clients through or have them work their own way through to try to determine what those values are? Yeah, we actually have a framework um, we call Illuminate Your Purpose. And so there's Similarly, I'm sure to other coaches, we do go through a kind of linear process to help people arrive at the right career path or like right right guiding principles for them. So first is passion. So what makes you come alive? Next is Mm -hmm. your gifts. What's unique and innate in you that sets you apart? And then the next piece is your values and all of these things together should help you purpose and then repurpose at different times in your life. What you've just said is a great lead into something else we wanted to talk about, which is your cultural commandments mm-hmm. that we got very stuck on. It's your duty to find and become all of who you are. So as much as we recommend coaching, as much as coaching helps, the person coming to coaching has to determine these values and find out who they are. So what's the, you've gone through this illumination. Is that what you call it? The illumination? Illuminate your purpose. Yeah. Illuminate your purpose. You've gone through that and say someone sits there and is like, all right, I've illuminated my purpose. 
now what? Now, how do I use that to become who I am? What are some of the steps to that? Or even yeah. the key step? For some people, it's a big shift. It might be a complete environmental change where it's like, okay, it's time. Like it was for me. It's totally time to find a new environment because there's a disconnect in things that I valued or needed from my life and things that mm-hmm. the company or that particular role emphasize. And for some people it's smaller and a lot of people it's more of a mindset shift. So whether that's mm-hmm. I'm going to prioritize myself in a different way in this role, or I'm mm-hmm. going to interact with this person in a different way, or I'm going to view this thing differently. Those are some of the smaller steps. And I, I always say when we're coaching someone, there's the thing they come to us for, which is like the, I need a new job, or I want to get this promotion, or Mm -hmm. I want to negotiate this higher pay. And then there's always this subtext of who are you and how are you showing up that is underlying all of that work. And so until you make those mindset shifts and those uh, more kind of subtle things, it's, we can accomplish this stuff all day, mm-hmm. but you're not going to really feel the value of that change. Ugh, I Ugh. love that point because I do feel yes. like when I feel like I'm stuck or when I feel like something's not working, my first reaction is just to blow it all up. <laughs> like just to <laughs> like to go like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't take this job anymore. I mean, I was in advertising for the longest time. And I remember there was a certain point where I was like, I'm just going to go into real estate. I had no reason why. <laughs> I mean, I never pursued it. And my husband yeah. just kind of was like, okay, sure. Then, I mean, it lasted about a day and a half that I thought that was a great <laughs> idea. Um, but no, I mean, I do think that is a natural reaction sometimes. It's like, yeah. if this isn't working, then it's obviously everything about this field or this company or this whatever that is not working. Um, right. So I do or think that take, is nice. Yeah. To take the inverse of it, how many times, I know it happens for me all the time, has literally nothing tangibly changed in your day-to-day or your environment, mm-hmm. but something shifts in your brain and you go from feeling totally chaotic or totally insecure about something to totally clear and fine. And you're like, Absolutely nothing has changed from yesterday to today, but somehow everything has. And I think that's the work that we're trying to do while, of course, accomplishing all of those visible, tangible goals too. Right. So now what does that shifting process look like? I mean, sometimes it just kind of happens, I think, but I'm trying to, for listeners, make sure that we're not just being like this toxic positivity, like, oh, just, you know, (laughs) just fight through it, you know, just change your mindset. Yeah. Put a mantra (laughs) above your computer and it'll be fine. But I mean, it really is more about the framework of maybe just seeing what your reality is and then making some decisions there instead of catastrophizing everything or whatever your brain may naturally be doing. It's just actually sitting back and being, okay, no, really, what is this situation? So like, what does that look like, you know, that's not toxic positivity, but is just this mindset change? How do you differentiate between those or? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the situation and what the person is working on, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's as simple as someone calling you on your BS and really being that (laughs) mirror to you and being like, well, you're the one who's going to have to make this change. Sometimes it's reframing and thinking about something in a new way. Sometimes it's maybe someone suggesting something to you that you hadn't tried yet. So I think Mm -hmm. it really, it depends. And it's not just like, it's usually not just pull yourself up by the bootstraps to move forward (laughs) because yeah. if, if it were that simple, we would all just do it. But I think 
it, it really depends on the person from trying a new approach to utilizing a new tool to learning something different about themselves to a totally different way of thinking about something. I really like that idea of not just pulling yourself up by the bootstraps or saying you just have to get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Because I think that a lot of us had that idea for many years. For me, I always thought I should just have the willpower and the strength to make the changes I want to change. But I like what you say about you may need a new tool or you may need to learn something that no one has taught you before Mm -hmm. in order to really start to make those changes. It's not a matter of willpower or your innateness to be able to do this. Yeah. No. And that's the whole point too, of why we're doing what we're doing, because and like you said from the beginning, that sort of destigmatization of everyone thinks that they should be able to just do it on their own. And I yeah. think particularly a lot of the probably perception even that I had going into coaching was like, oh, I should just be able to figure this out. I've been able to do that now, but mm-hmm. everyone needs a support system. We have such an infrastructure in our lives until a certain point, And then it's like, oh, go do it all on your own. Mm-hmm. And you haven't mm-hmm. been there before. And so still having people who can offer those suggestions or help guide you through it is so necessary and something that I think we undervalue. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different types of coaches available and your company in particular has like a wide variety of coaching services. Mm -hmm. I've got the corporate one, but just even for personal coaching, it's got the career coaching, life coaching, leadership coaching, health and wellness. I am assuming that there's like if a Venn diagram that there would be a lot of overlaps of some Mm -hmm. of those. But if someone's just like, something's not quite right, but I don't know exactly what kind of coach I'm looking for. Are there some distinguishing features between each of those? Or where do people even start in deciding what kind of coach? fits their needs. We do have those segmentations. And usually most people have a sense for which of those they align with. So usually based on the context, like this is a work context, or I'm really focused on my leadership skills. That being said, like we talked about before, there's always that underlying piece. So even if they come to us to focus on leadership, there might be confidence things that span throughout. Mm. There might be burnout or well-being things that span throughout. We're complicated human beings. And so putting us into these neat little boxes is impossible. And so we're always going to go in with that holistic approach, but that we do have coaches on our team with particular expertise in each of those areas. So usually it's a process of someone saying, this is the context and the goal that I'm working toward. And they self-align with one of those areas, but we do have an intake process where we then match them with the right coach for them, which is somewhat based on that life leadership, well-being, mm-hmm. but even more so, and this is the piece that I think a lot of people forget about, it's who's the right personality match for you and what's mm-hmm. the type of support you need. So you do you need more of that cheerleader type person? Do you want that person who's more the call you out type um, yeah. challenge you coach? And so that's what we're trying to figure out in that process is in addition to the, yes, does this person specialize in leadership coaching, but also stylistically, what's the right fit for you as a coach. That's such an important point. We were just talking about that with Cindy Whitesides on our tipsy ellipses last week, actually, this idea, you know, there are some people who want 
the deadline maker or those person who's going to really bust their ass if they don't, mm -hmm. you know, hit a particular goal or, you know, or there's the idea of just having someone to, you know, reflect your life back at you or ask you some really deep questions and you know, make you kind of probe through that yourself. So yeah, there, there's a whole different what you really need to get you motivated. And that's just, I mean, there's no right or wrong there. It's just a matter of what you yeah. respond to. Yeah. And it might be different on different days and coaches should have the ability to flex in and out of those different styles based mm -hmm. on where you are. But certainly there's a default style that people tend toward as a coach and that clients tend toward in terms of what they're most receptive to and how they like to grow and learn. Yeah, because sometimes asking the hard question is butt kicking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right, right. Yes. And I think, so you have tons and tons of information online. Your YouTube channel alone is like a gold mine and you <laughs> offer a lot of free webinars. I think that's a great way for people to start getting a feel for what coaching looks like. So that mm -hmm. if there any of our listeners are thinking, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like we will link to it in the show notes. You can go to the YouTube channel and start looking at some of the things that are offered just as freebies. Do you have anything coming up that we should tell people about in particular live seminars or special events? A ton. So Good. we're doing just about, <laughs> as you mentioned, um, weekly live events. So our Eventbrite, just Amalavita on Eventbrite, has everything that's upcoming that's free. And then our YouTube channel, every single thing gets posted there afterwards. So people it's can amazing. that for free. Yes. So I would say Eventbrite's the best place to see what's coming in that part. Oh, yeah. I mean, just people can just scroll through there and get a feel for, yes. I mean, there's, there's, no comparison to like the one-on-one -on -one coaching of like doing it in no. person. But if there's a particular topic that you're just trying to be like, I think this might be something that I'm, you know, stumbling against and I just want to get a better feel for what that really means, what it really looks like. Um, oh yeah. I was just like, I want that one. And I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That and it's one. a great place to start like gathering data points so that you can narrow down what is it I really am struggling with? Where do I need more? So yeah. that when you do go into the coaching relationship, you have some vocabulary around that already. Yeah. And speaking of which, one of my big things in all kinds of topics in life is that there are just certain obstacles that can be really simple that might be holding people back from meeting with a coach. I talked about this one when I was going to do stand-up paddleboarding. And part of me was like, I don't know that I'm going to do it right. And I literally had to start with just like, where does one park to go stand-up paddleboarding and just like baby stepping it there. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really curious for some of our listeners who, you know, maybe they're intimidated. They they're going to do coaching wrong. They don't know like even where to start. I'm assuming the first step is they reach out to you on the website. Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like that's the answer to everything is that it is those baby <laughs> steps. And before yes. you know it, you look back and something real has become of what right. those million little steps that you've taken. I talk about that a lot with starting a business because people are always like, how do you know when's the right time? And you expect it just to be this like, ah, okay, now you start a business, <laughs> um, which is not the case. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just uh, going on the website, you can browse all of our coach bios. So even hearing their reading through their stories and seeing if anything resonates with oh, you like in terms of that connection starting to look through some of those webinars. We have a bunch of free downloadable guides mm -hmm. that take you through some of those. Um, like for example, the illuminate your purpose process, we 
give some of that in more of like a workbook format. So you can start to do it on your own time and be thinking about these things. So that by the time you enter into those coaching conversations, you've already given it a bunch of thought and can really make the most of your time or have a sense for how that might work. Yeah. And I'm hoping that'll get some people over those. I I don't even want to call it a stumbling block. It's just more of just a... Yeah, it's a little speed bump as far as just like, I'm not, not, not quite sure what to do. So, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are stay-at-home moms who have made this conscious decision to do a career pause, to be at home with their kids. But now we're hearing on a lot of the headlines, there's a lot of new stay-at-home parents that didn't necessarily, well, they made the choice because they're doing it, but they they weren't super willing really participants. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really a... A super conscious choice. It was more of just a forced choice. So I'm just really curious what y'all are seeing across your body of coaches. Are you seeing a lot of people coming in trying to figure out what they should be doing while they're in this pause, while they're at home? Or are you are you hearing from people who are relaunching? Like, what does that look like at your company right now? This great resignation. Yeah, I think it's the great resignation. It's real. It's a bit of a misnomer in that not everyone is leaving right this second. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of those stats were built around who's thinking about leaving their jobs, Mm -hmm. which I think should be a wake-up call for employers in Mm -hmm. terms of how they're supporting employees through this. But I think more what we're seeing is this great reflection period and the, the time that people have spent going through complete overhauls in what their lifestyle looks like, in what their habits are, and in what things they thought were impossible that immediately shifted overnight. And so I think Mm -hmm. what we're seeing more is people being more intentional about what they want to go back to, what they don't, and what their future life can look like after having this time to see what, whether they chose it or not, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. those alternate versions can be. And what we're really trying to empower our corporate clients to do is to think about that bigger than just throwing money at the problem, which is what Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of employers do, or even, Mm -hmm. I mean, some silly stuff I've heard, like companies are giving their employees a Sonos speaker if they'll come back to the office. I'm like, that's great. Give them money and a Sonos speaker, but also let's think about how we're setting them up to be successful and actually hearing them out on what's important to them. Yes. And what are you hearing, especially from women, since we really focus on moms? What What is it that women are saying they need to make work work for them and encourage them not to bail out of the workforce right now? It's funny because some of it's like, it's not new. Like we've been asking for this stuff for a long time, which is the flexibility and the understanding that work's going to look and happen in different ways for different people. And so some companies, they shifted so far back. Now everybody get back to the office and some companies went the other direction. Most people do prefer that hybrid model. So how can we find structures that support that? People are asking for career development and leadership development. They're like, I want to work for a boss who gets it. And so how are people investing in their leadership teams and their cultures. And I think, again, that's the harder stuff. That's the stuff that takes longer. It's much easier to just say, let's give everybody a raise or let's increase the starting salary by 10% than it is to say, let's ask the hard questions about, are we treating people with respect? Are we making accommodations? Are we empowering 
our leaders to support their teams in the way that work makes sense for them. I think there's such a mental thing we have to get over. So many workplaces just still want to be this traditional sense of the workplace and Mm -hmm. there's no room there then to grow and there's no room to raise a family because anyone with kids knows that those kids get sick or have field trips or whatever the case is there's things you want to do and there you do have to think beyond what has traditionally been the workplace structure yeah yeah we've joked about calling this forced to be at home, work at home with your kids is this global maternity leave, which part of it is like, let me get back to the office. (laughs) Like this is way too much together time. Um, But another part of it is either whether it's the mother or the father, whoever had been in a working role, if someone was a stay at home role and someone was out working, having that gift of time with your kids does kind of realign those values. So we've tried to encourage people, even if you've done a values exercise, you know, even if you did one a year ago, you you need to take another look at that because things may have realigned and it's not necessarily, it is very much a woman issue in the sense that I feel like the brunt of the stay at homeness and the caretaking role has been put on them. I mean, the statistics don't lie, but I do think there are a lot of men, husbands, partners who have decided that, yeah, I, I want a little bit more of that too. And the flexibility to work from home a certain amount of time or, you know, additional vacation time, whatever that may end up looking like, mm-hmm. but just the flexibility and the ownership over your own schedule seems to be a big theme that we're hearing, the autonomy yeah. to be able to make some of those decisions and without someone having to look over your back and having to have your butt in a seat, um, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, the traditional, you know, workforce where like, oh, if, if the boss can see you sitting in your seat, that means that you must be productive. And we know that that's not the case now. Yeah. yeah and some of it's just so simple. Like I had a team member the other day, thank me for being mindful of drop off and pick up times when we were scheduling meetings. And it's like, this is not hard. Like these are logistics that we have to do. And so the least we can do is ask the question, is this a convenient time for everybody's schedule in the way that you would for another meeting or anything else that's on their calendar? And so we need to get to the point where that's not a surprise and something we should be grateful for, but an expectation that we plan around that the same as we plan around a board meeting. Yeah. And I think that's the gift of all the Zoom meetings everybody's been through. (laughs) Like we have literally seen everybody's kids. We've seen, you know, maybe you've got grandparents living with you. Maybe you've got some really uh, high need pets like mine, (laughs) whatever the case may be. (laughs) But yes. Got it all. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of touched on it. I was thinking while you were talking as an entrepreneur, I would love to know how you're approaching this in your own company. And talking about meeting times is one thing. Is there anything else you're doing to make employees lives easier? Or maybe easier is the wrong word, but to make work work for them. Yeah, we've always had a remote sort of hybrid model. So it was a little bit more natural for us leading into Mm -hmm. it. We have our team here in Chicago. That's more of our sales and operations folks. So we um, used to come in way more regularly. Now we have the space available for them as it's convenient. If you're, I'm in that boat where I have three dogs at home, 
an 11 month old, we're doing renovations. <laughs> like it, it works for me to be here <laughs> yeah. whereas for others, um, being home and cutting down on commute time makes more sense. So we have one day a week that we all come in and work together in person. And we've agreed to that so that there's still that time to catch up and have that shared culture that's important to us. And then the rest of the time it's come and go as you please. And then for the rest of the team, I, our coaches are all throughout the country. And so we, we do a lot virtually. We do a lot on Slack. And so I think it is a lot about figuring out the communication channels that work for everyone and teeing up from day one also what boundaries look like. Like the very first thing we talk about when we talk about Slack with our team is, and there are people in every single time zone and there will be notifications. So know that you do not need to respond to them and mm -hmm. you can pick and choose the sort of on and off time that works for you. And so I think it's even just being mindful of those things, which you don't have to think about as much when you're just like, well, we're here or we're not mm -hmm. um, in terms of both what the expectations are and then what the expectations are on shutting down. Oh, yes. I love that so much. I had a job <laughs> many, many years ago and my boss would she got up really, really early in the morning and ran. And while she ran, she was thinking of everything that needed to happen. And so she would leave us voicemails at like 4.45, 5.15. So you'd sit down at your desk and your voicemail would be full. And because she had started her day hours ago, she expected that you had as well. And so mm -hmm. we started getting to work earlier and earlier. And the pressure I felt, I mean, I woke up every morning Susanna's sure. talked about having a client yeah. that made her throw up. I woke up every <laughs> yes. morning feeling like I was going to vomit. Yeah. I was yes. so stressed. I you was just never made not my stressed. back tense up. Just even right? saying that. Yeah. yeah. And I would sit down. I, got, I started going to work earlier and earlier and I was sitting at my desk at seven o'clock listening to just a long list of stuff. And I wanted to have as much of it done as I could before she came in. And it would be things like, We've got to talk to the mayor's office about whatever. And it'd be like, well, the mayor's not even there yet. You know, I mean, <laughs> full on panic at all times. And so this idea of boundaries, so beautiful. That is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had bosses like that too, who even very blatantly when we've discussed it, we're like, well, this is, I'm up. So you need to be, but yeah. I think even when it's yeah. not that case, like there are bosses who do that but don't expect you to be up, but they don't realize the impact that just sending that right. email might have on their team, because then yes. you're looking at it and you're the first thing in the morning is you're feeling sick or tense or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. And so I think even being mindful of that, people don't think about those things. And so oh, it's, yeah. can you, can you pre-schedule that to just send later? Or what are the right. other ways that you can manage how you're putting information out there to make your team not feel so overwhelmed. Right? Yes. Like, wouldn't it have been amazing if she had made a list and then yes. brought that list into the office instead of leaving us 20 voicemails before our yeah. eyes were open? Well, oh I'm so gosh. guilty of this too. It's not just manage. Well, you're in a unique position of being this entrepreneur managing a team of coaches because they're going to coach right back at you if, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're not, There's if you're not no respecting change, boundaries. <laughs> but I caught myself, my daughter is in the process of evaluating colleges. She's a junior in high school and she's, you know, going through this. And so of course I'm like in major college brain too, but poor girl, anytime I had a thought or a question or whatever, I'd just be like, ping, 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 text, whatever. And I finally was listening to a seminar with a college recruiter that was just like, pick an hour a week to sit down and go through all the questions you have instead of having everything have this like 
undertone of like a college question could come up at any time. So I was like, what would work for you? Like every time I have a question, should I just write it down, like put it in a jar? And then on Saturday <laughs> at 10 a.m., we'll dump the jar out and we'll just go through everything. Because to me, it's just that's how I relieve my stress of being like, OK, it's off my plate now because I sent it. Or yeah. I don't have to think about it anymore because I'm waiting for the response to come back. And so that's just how I get things off of my to-do list. But, I mean, I'm ruining the lives of everybody around me by, <laughs> by That's why block scheduling is hard for us. Yes, because I'm a, like, I'm doing it right now and then it's done. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, part of it is I just need to, like you said in the intro, we need to get better and really be intentional about getting better about block scheduling. Um, but it is, I think the people like me are not trying to make everybody else's life around them more stressful and yeah. have this time <laughs> confetti of having to respond to them on the same time frame that they're shooting it out. But yeah, I mean, I, it's not just a work environment. We do that to yeah. people, people in our lives at home. I mean, think about how many times that you just have a thought and you text it to your husband, you talk, text it to your kids or text it to a friend or whatever. Not being I'm really... so glad text was not a thing when I had that boss. Oh, I mean, that's how long ago it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If she had well, been able to text us, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and tone and priority gets lost in that too, yes. where, you know, you have no idea what's the difference if they're all just coming in as a ping, what's like super important versus right. not. And you're right. It's both at work and at home like my my husband's very much that way and he's like the call me anytime he has something on his mind and I've had to explain to him when he does that or he just texts call me I'm like I don't know the difference if that's call me because you want to know where the Amazon package is or call me because something's wrong with my daughter like right yes. right English some prioritization yeah. here is so the I baby think, sick or are we out of milk right, like, right. <laughs> or you don't know where the garbage bags are like would be yeah. honest yeah. yeah oh my gosh i love that okay well that, so that we have it to do this week missy we're gonna get better about our block scheduling and respecting other people well i'm gonna get better about respecting other people's time and boundaries by not just offloading my stuff onto them because <laughs> bad habit and i don't want to train my kids to do that to other people too because well, you know, what? I think they trained me to do it because that's how we got trained to respond to kids' needs with them growing up. So I've spent the past 15 years having little requests just like shot at me. And that's how I'm used to responding to them. So I think that probably is a stay-at-home mom bad habit that we get because someone's hungry. This fell down. This did. And so you're used. <laughs> that's how I'm used to responding. And I need to undo a lot of bad habits around that because now if I go back to the workforce. I mean, that that way is not going to work. That's not going to play with other people who have been working. Well, and our this. kids are old enough to learn to batch their requests as well. Mm -hmm. Like I have a 15 year old and I have said, like, make a list. Don't just text me from school saying I need a notebook. Like make a list. And when you come home, say, can I go through the list with you? Oh, guess it doesn't just always order work. Some foundation at 10, 15 a.m. today. Because... Oh, sure. I mean, it doesn't always work because, yeah, I mean, we're running out to get a competition swimsuit this afternoon that we've known about for a while. But it just, you know. Things we're happen. improving, Missy. It's all yeah. <laughs> it's all a process. It's all a process. We need yeah. to go. Yeah, we need to go binge a bunch of your uh, videos there on your YouTube, which <laughs> which we yes. will link to in the show notes because I think it's so valuable for everybody. Yeah. But, 
I think it is just about time for our look, listen, learn time. Uh, Let's see. So um, if anybody, if this is your first time listening, our look, listen, learn is uh, just a time to talk about outside of professional expertise. Some of the things that we've been either watching or listening to or learning about that maybe, especially over the holidays, hopefully maybe you have a little bit of free time that Mm -hmm. you might be going, oh, what should I be reading? What should I be watching? Maybe some of these things might help. So I I will start because we never like to put our guests in the hot seat of going first. So I'll go ahead and start with a couple of mine. I have been looking at the show Made, which I know a lot of people have read the book. Mm-hmm. I'm finally watching it for the first time. And I can't remember. My husband was out of town for a few nights and kind of surprised me. I thought he was coming home tonight. Came home at around 11. Kind of scared the shit out of me. I was was editing the podcast and like, and oh, because my son lost our house key somewhere between here and South Congress. Um, So Hmm. I've kind of had it in the the back of my head that, oh, yeah, someone's just going to break in. And someone someone was breaking, you know, the door was opening, but it was with a key. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I've been watching a girl, I call it my girl show because it just wasn't a show he was interested in watching. Mm -hmm. So I've been watching that while he was out of town. And I'm trying to decide if I like it. I like it in the sense that it's got some talk about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, doing what you need to do for your family, Mm -hmm. uh, for your kids to be able to get out of a situation that was clearly not working for her. But I keep on the character is so unlike me in the decisions that she's willing to make and not around her life or, you know, leaving the situation. I mean, just little things like when she was cleaning one of the houses she decided to drink their wine and get in their hot tub and invited okay, I'm, I'm watching it too i watched that episode last oh my, night did you? and i was like this yes. like it was <laughs> making me cringing. so uncomfortable because i would never i i know i'm saying. oh my god every part of my body was clenching and i am <laughs> and as you know the lady came home and she just didn't really care and i yeah. I understand that. And I was telling Missy, I may decide to edit this out. <laughs> uh, the person that I had pet sitting and house sitting for me when I was on my honeymoon, like a month later, we were out for drinks and she was, <laughs> Missy knows where this ends. And she was she like, like wearing something of yours. My wedding dress. What? She <laughs> tried it on. <laughs> Because I had had it hanging up. We were on our honeymoon. And so, you know, we just kind of had left. I had hung up my wedding dress. It was just, I mean, it wasn't like hidden away or anywhere. She wasn't yeah, like going in. It was, it was hanging up in the hallway. And she's, and so now I'm picturing her like, was she scooping the kitty litter? Like, was she like, <laughs> in my dress? But you know what? The kind funny of flattering in a way. She well, no, the funny thing was, as she told me, like I got just kind of how we're laughing about it. Like there was the initial yeah. surprise, but then I was like, I don't care, and right. I really didn't. I mean, like, right. I mean, it was fine. Like so I don't weird, care. Though. I'm Could never gonna wear imagine? it again. Yeah. But I'm. But now that as I was watching the scene in the show, I was like, oh my god! Like, did she have a <laughs> glass of wine? Did she like walk around? Like I don't know. Did she? yeah. I mean, it was way before like social media or like posting pictures or being whatever. But and she, I mean, she told me sure. she wasn't oh, like right. super embarrassed about it. She's like, "Hey, guess what I did while I was at your house?" <laughs> and, you know, and so, I mean, she wasn't like busted or anything. She totally just brought it up over drinks. But 
as as a human being, like I could not care less if someone tries on my clothes. Like I did not feel invaded or anything. It, like yeah. I had no problem with it. But as a person that would do that, I'm Never. mortified. Like I just, right. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, so watching yeah. that, I was like, I'm trying not to be judgmental, but I'm like, you got in the hot tub. No, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, but anyway, so I'm watching that. And listening to um, TLC, uh, <laughs> I got up this morning and I, where was the challenge who said that you're supposed to have a song for 2022, mm -hmm. like a theme song? Was that yeah, one of our guests? Oh my gosh, we I have so many good guests. Know. I can't remember I all the things. But, but we did some, talk about that somewhere. Yeah, maybe it was. Oh, you know what I think it was? It was doing a soundtrack. It was the, and I don't oh. have the book here, um, but it was for the self love, self love yeah. workbook for women, um, yeah. with Megan, um, mm -hmm. Megan, Megan Logan. Logan, right? And so, yes, yeah, so I was trying to find a song, and I just felt like TLC probably had a song. <laughs> I don't know. Did you and find so, it? But one of the songs I think that, that was used as an example was No Scrubs. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to listen to No Scrubs because that's such a good song. And so I was like, I'm just going to listen to this one song, which would not be my 2022 anthem because I have the most amazing husband. So, and I'm not like <laughs> dealing with any scrubs in my life. Um, but, but then it just kept on rolling into the next song and the next song. And I was like, oh, my God, TLC, your greatest hits, every hit, like all good. All good. All good. Yeah. So I have been listening to TLC and just loving oh gosh, it. Love it. My poor kids. I had it cranked. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that is I and I I guess I've learned some things. I just haven't thought about it this week. So. Some weeks we don't. Some weeks, some weeks we, don't. we don't learn. What about you? Have you been look listen learning anything this week? Uh, well, I too am watching made, but um another thing that I'm looking at is I am reading The Scaffold Effect. Have you read this by Dr. No. Harold Koppeler? No. So um, like I said, I have my daughter's 11 months, and I think I thought all about the baby stuff, but I didn't think about how soon I'd have to think about the person stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm researching like one month phase at a time. And yes. um, we're getting to that point where she's getting opinionated and starting to grow into her little personality. And so mm -hmm. I'm just starting to read this book that's all about raising resilient kids. And uh, yeah. um, kind of the concept is like there was the helicopter parent and the bulldozer parent and how do you be like the scaffold parent where you provide the structure around the outside um but you allow them to kind of construct who they are as a person in a way that makes them very self-reliant so oh, i um, love that yeah oh, we gotta do we gotta do a plug for uh how to raise an adult then julie lithcott Haynes yes. was a guest um probably a little bit older kids but i do think that's start and start now so your brain is already in that <laughs> yeah and, and yeah the yeah. gift of failure is another one by jess Leahy. it's just this idea yeah. of probably very similar just give your kids a little bit of freedom one-year-old maybe not so much freedom but <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as they start heading off to school oh my gosh i can't recommend those two books enough for okay even even when you start getting into the preschool and the kindergarten yes um be have those ready on your bookshelf well, I'm I'm buying books at a much faster pace than I'm consuming them in my current like three page <laughs> increments. Yes. <laughs> so we'll I hear get you. There. <laughs> yes. I'll oh, get them out. It. It's my list. And then listening, yeah. um, have you listened to the You're Wrong About podcast? Yes, really I just yeah. 
Why did I just load that? Someone else must have mentioned it. I just okay. I haven't listened to any of it, but I just loaded it. Okay. Each one is a self there's some series, but most are self-contained episodes where they talk about one topic, whether it's um like a like a news story or something that became even infamous in some way. And there's a lot of, I mean, judging by the name, um, kind of debunking that happens mm -hmm. with that. But Ooh. most of it's also about like understanding the nuance and how people get so characterized in like a certain way or put into a certain box when really there's always a lot more than what the news headline reads. And so it digs into it a lot more with a lot of just like kind of counter stories to what the social narrative has been around that, which I just think is fun and interesting and totally different from a lot of the other stuff that I listen to. Yes. Now you're yeah. reminding Ooh, me that I'm going to download that too. To yes. Yeah. Oh. You're wrong about is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're wrong about. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait to listen to that. Now you know why I jumped. I just like before I forgot about it, I went and like added <laughs> it to my subscribe and I haven't had a chance to listen to it because Brene Brown won't stop putting out really interesting podcasts. <laughs> That's what we're going to do in our like mini hiatus is we're going to catch up on all the things we need to listen to and read. Yes. Like I'm at about a three page situation night too, because I get <laughs> yeah. sleepy. So yeah, I, I put reading time in my new block schedule, but oh, I noticed yes. that's the block that I tend to go. Okay. Well, I'm not going to get to that. So I'll go right now. I just need to learn to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Those are good yeah. ones. What about Very you, Missy? What do you look, listen, learning? You have okay, one minute. Well, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> go really fast. Okay. So <laughs> just kidding. Um, I am going to see Gary Goldman later this week. And of course, by the time this episode runs, I will have seen him, but he's one of my favorite comedians. And I wanted to share a podcast. I've talked about the podcast before, but it's called Good One, a podcast about jokes. The Gary Goldman episode is so good. And he d talks about his Trader Joe's bit, which I think is one of the most perfect pieces of comedy there ever was. So if you haven't heard it, I, I actually recommend going to the good one podcast and listening to that Gary Goldman episode. So we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but his special on HBO right now is also really good. It's called the great depression. And is that like depression, talks, depression. Yeah. And talks oh. all about his mental health journey, which has been a, quite a journey in the last few years. So I'm really excited to see him live. Like we bought our tickets in 2019 it was supposed oh to be a spring 2020 gosh. show and it's finally happening so i'm so excited for you yeah. yeah so i get to see him and then another thing that i have been looking at this week and by the time this show airs it'll be the holiday season is brett goldstein who is roy kent on oh. ted lasso mm. and i love i want to sing I the song roy he's kent. there he's there or no he's here <laughs> he's there he's there he's every blame beam where okay i love roy kent i actually asked for a roy kent jersey for christmas i love him oh, love so it. much uh but brett goldstein is a really wonderful human as well and um there's a thing there's a clip on youtube from a fundraiser where he does the muppets christmas carol in six minutes and i think that the muppets christmas carol is the most perfect adaptation of that story oh i will fight gosh. you if you disagree with me <laughs> I, I will mean, not disagree so I good not. i highly recommend the muppets christmas carol but you got to watch that if you haven't. And then him doing this oh six minutes, God. the whole thing is fantastic. Did you hear his um, Brene Brown episode? Yes. And he's like, so he fully has a good into podcast the Muppets. Too. Yeah. He yeah, has a good oh, he podcast. Loves the Muppets. Yeah. yeah his, he's 
movies to die no films to be buried with films movies to die for that's my (laughs) podcast his is films to be buried with films to be buried with which is always just great conversation with people like he's a lovely lovely human he is and obsessed with the muppets obsessed with the muppets so you have to i'll find the clip again and put it in our show notes but it is a great holiday pick me up Um, and then i have one more really quick which is a product so if you have little booties or no show or shoes that you need no show socks with i have found this i've found the socks that i love they're called wernies w-e-r-n-i-e-s i got them on amazon wernies and they're a no-show sock that stays put like they my shoes don't eat them they just stay where they're supposed to stay and they're really comfy so i need some those as well I found some at Nordstrom Rack like 10 years ago and they are all falling apart Me and too. I haven't been able to find any more. So yay, Wernies. Okay, I'm going to go there. Yeah, yep. I'm going to look those up too. Oh, awesome. So, those yeah. are so good. Okay, I have so many podcasts I need to listen to. Good. Oh, job, I know. Guys. Okay. Know. Uh, well, this was so much fun. So much great information. Yeah. And you're you doing some really cool stuff. Thank Such you for what you're doing. Dove, can Thanks. you say yeah. your website again and what the YouTube channel is under? We'll have links to it in the podcast, but just in case anybody doesn't look at the show notes, I wanted to be able to hear it. Yes. Our website is alvcoaching.com. And that's what all of our social medias are too, at ALV Coaching. Wonderful. Right. And so, yeah, so people can sign up for those Eventbrite sessions on your mm-hmm. website, or they can look at the other ones on the YouTube channel, right? Yeah. So yes. Such, such, such great information. Like I said, I mean, I seriously was like, how's this free? Did I like sneak past some firewall? This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So get them all there free folks. Go get them. And then do you have a newsletter people can sign up for too? We do. It's, um, it goes out every Tuesday and you can sign up just in the footer of our website. It's on every page. Wonderful. I'm going to go sign up for that too. How did I forget to do that already? All right. Well, terrific. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to talk with you and happy holidays since since we actually technically do have a holiday coming up and whenever this airs will be another holiday. So yeah. So yeah. Happy holidays and thank you so much and happy 2022. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It, It can only go up. I hope I'm knocking on wood. Knock on wood. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, thank you. It's been such a pleasure meeting you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com, with the A and D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.